This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are continuing our conversation about the impact of the new measures announced yesterday. And before we get to our next guests, I am going to take a couple of calls. Murray and Malton. Hi, Murray. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Not bad. Uh, What I see is and I personally did this too, okay, October and November, I figured those people that worked in long-term care would be more responsible with what they're doing and stay away from people and everything. But I think Doug Ford is still doing that, relying on us to pull away, which we should be, but nobody is. Well, it's not that nobody is. According to what we're hearing from public health, it's a third of people who are not obeying the rules. And I I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't uh, be uh, pointing the finger at long-term care workers because they are working under very difficult conditions that most of us do not face. But at the same time, the virus isn't jumping over the back fence and sneaking into these homes. no, that's true, but uh, they're working in very dangerous conditions, and it's very contagious. And uh, you heard the mayor say that it's proven that the biggest areas are industrial settings. Anyway, yeah. Murray, thanks very much for your call, and uh, I think it's time for me to... Now, people, hold on. I will get to your calls, but uh, I'm going to get to our next guest's first, and uh, it's uh, on two fronts here. So the question is, what about small businesses? As we've been saying, we've been seeing crowds and problems around the operation of big box stores, and and this just cuts their hours by a bit. So uh, we'll see what the impact of that is. And then uh, there's a lot of talk about enforcement yesterday, but uh, what exactly is the enforcement going to be, and, and what rights do people have? I mean, can a bylaw officer just walk up to you and ask you uh, why you're out of your house? So to uh, answer those questions, I am joined by Linda Prangley, who is the owner of Love Me Do Baby and Maternity here in Liberty Village, and Kara Zwiebel, director of the Fundamental Freedoms Program at the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. Hello, and thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Okay, let's start with Linda. Uh, you know, the big box stores can certainly be competing with you. Uh, what do you think about cutting their hours a bit? I mean, it's not like I, when I was reading through the the new rules, it really doesn't feel like there's any change, to be perfectly honest, because um, even the 8 p.m. rules do not apply to grocery stores or pharmacies or any of those places, which big box stores tend to be um, tend to be under the umbrella of. Um, so yeah, I actually don't really know what the, what the big change is from the first round. No, I think their hours are cut back. Oh, I thought they were allowed to stay open. Anyway, okay, well, they're they able to cut back a bit. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, we've been closed now for 
I don't even know how many weeks at this point. Um, and we are doing everything that we can to comply with the rules, but it just feels like every time it's just another, it's another punch to the gut. It's another, it's another punishment that we're being handed down on. Okay. Let's mm-hmm. uh, move to Carol, Kara Zwiebel and Kara, we've we've been hearing a lot about enforcement, uh, police forces, bylaw officers were empowered to enforce this. It's very murky. How can they do that? Uh, what can a citizen do? I mean, can a, a bylaw officer on a stay at home order, you know, approach me and ask me what the heck I'm doing out of my house? Yeah, I mean that's the that's a million dollar question, and I think we don't we don't have an answer from the government on it yet. I, I'm told that that they're going to be providing some more guidance about enforcement today. So I'm I'm anxious to see that. I would I would say, and I think the tenor of the premier's remarks yesterday um, suggests to me that that's not the kind of enforcement that we are are going to be seeing or that we should be seeing. That um, you know enforcement will be focused on. Um, you know, if if uh, officers are are on patrols and seeing groups of people gathering, that they'll disperse them. But um, my hope is that we won't see police or enforcement officers being empowered to, you know, randomly stop and question people because um, th- that opens up the possibility of some, um, you know, some very scary things happening and. Um, and particularly the burden falling disproportionately on on racialized communities and indigenous communities. We've already seen in the, in a couple of nights that a curfew has been in effect in Quebec that um, there are some real problems with enforcement and and the use of discretion when police are allowed to uh, to stop people and and ask them questions. Well, isn't that against the Charter of Rights? Well, I mean, the, the Charter protects. Um, protects our rights from, you know, arbitrary arrest and detention. It protects our, our rights uh, against unreasonable search and seizure. But all of those, all of our rights can be limited where the limits are reasonable. I think um, in this context, you know, having these orders in place, um, you know, I think reasonable people could disagree about the reasonableness of some of these orders. Mm-hmm. But um, But certainly I think the way that this has been um, presented so far, and again, we're still waiting for the actual, you know, legal order that that lays some of this stuff out. Um, but so far, the suggestion seems to be that um, there's an understanding, even with a stay-at-home order, that people um, have certain things that they need to do, and that the government is not in a position to assess or um, appreciate what is essential for every individual. Um, and I and I just hope that police are not. Um, kind of substituted there and and expected to decide, you know, whether your reason for being out is is good enough. Because uh, I, I think that opens us up to to lots of problems and potential for abuse. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and from and from a small business perspective, to I'm I'm actually very unclear on whether or not at this point I'm even allowed to encourage curbside pickup. Um, because we're not a grocery store, we're not a pharmacy, yet we're allowed to operate, but are we supposed to say, yes, come for curbside pickup, or no, don't come for curbside pickup? Like, what, what, you know, we want to be responsible to our customers as well, and we don't want to encourage them to do something that could potentially get them into trouble. Um, so there's definitely a lack of clarity there. You know, that that's a really good point, Linda, because... 
in the in the news conference yesterday, Christine Elliott, she mentioned the words curbside pickup quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Curbside pickup is allowed, but if people aren't allowed to pick things up at the curbside, um, that's very confusing. Yeah, exactly. And we want to be careful with our wording because, you know, we don't we don't want to, we want, we don't want people to get ticketed for whatever reason. But at the same time, it's, you know, at the, if we're not able to do curbside pickup, then we're now having to switch to a delivery model. And that comes at a significant cost to, to any business as well. So, you know, we definitely need better clarification on that as soon as possible. Okay. I'm going to take a couple of calls. Linda in Toronto. Hi, Linda. Hi. How are you? Fine. Go ahead. So, um, going, uh, moving with the uh, progression from the last lockdown to this lockdown, so the one just before Christmas, and then this one now. Um, where my problem is is number one, I don't feel that our government, every level, has built a fortress around our nursing homes to protect our elders. Um, that should have been the first thing. It was so obvious first time around. Second time around. Um, for small businesses, what I don't understand, because I live in the city and I walk and I go into stores, why are the non-essential aisles in box stores still open? It yeah, is a lot not of necessary don't. to fondle books and sweaters and underpants and gardening tools at Costco. Get your food, get in, get out. Get your pharmacy, get in, get out. Same with shoppers, fondling cosmetics and things that are not necessary so I feel a small business can, that sells those those items would far better be able to protect the public. Okay. And a prime prime example is in my neighborhood, there's a gift store that has a post office. There's three gift stores really close to each other. One has a post office. So people are, the, the place yesterday was buzzing, buzzing with people shopping because they could get little cards and little things done while they're at the necessary post office. Okay, Linda. That's not protecting. Okay, Linda, I've got to move on. Thanks for your call. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Jim in Scarborough. Hi, Jim. Hi there. How are you? Fine. How are you? Fine, thank you. Just want to talk about the the paid days off, the sick days. I, You know, they're all well and good, but I'm in small business. And what I've been going through the last 10 months, if I had to give 10 uh, paid you know, sick days, I would be broke. I, that would just be the uh, straw that broke the camel's back. Well, they're talking about the government paying for that. Is that right? Okay, because small business can't afford it. Plus, I, I, I really believe in the, in the majority of cases, uh, sick days off, they should call it what it really is. It's a paid day off, not a sick day, because most people would just take advantage of it. Well, I, I don't think that's... That's right. And we have a pandemic and people are getting sick from it. And people who work in settings where they don't have paid sick days are getting sick more than others. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's well enough. But uh, even after the pandemic, paid holidays or paid sick days, I don't think small business at this time could afford it. Okay, Jim. Thanks for that. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay. uh, We've got to be moving right along. Uh, Karis Weeble, what would you like to leave us with on this? Uh, you know, just uh, let's see what the government says. I hope there's clear guidance that you know that that makes it clear that officers shouldn't be shouldn't be stopping people, um, you know, uh, randomly and and checking where they're going. That's I don't think that's helpful for for public health purposes, and I don't think it's good for our rights. Okay, and Linda, what would you like to leave us with? 
Um, I think along the same lines, just better clarification from from the government, um, you know, at the provincial level, but also at the at the municipal level as well, um, and just opening up that support for a small business. Um, you know, we uh, a lot of us at this point are basically paying for very expensive storage facility. So, um, you know, just open up that support, that financial support, and just like genuinely help us get through this. Okay. Thank you so much, Linda Prangley and Kara Zwiebel. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.